Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Friday, the 27th of October. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented by Anna Jar and Levine. Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, 800-747-3733. Whatever kind of personal injury you're dealing with, if it was caused by an accident, wasn't your fault, you call Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. Hey, if you're dealing with a back injury, it could have been from at work, on the road, maybe in public. If you've suffered long-term back pain through no fault of your own, Anna Jar and Levine will help you pursue compensation. The lawyers at the law offices of Anna Jar and Levine are dedicated to providing the highest client support with no hidden fees or costs. Anna Jar and Levine, accident attorneys, 800-747-FREE. 800-747-3733. And with all of our sports in full swing right now, I mean, the World Series gets going tonight. The NBA started this week. Bet Online is your top spot 
for all your NBA action this season. MLB postseason, NFL, college football, NHL, all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to the Bet Online website today to get in on the action. Don't forget, use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Got a great show planned today. I'm so happy to have you aboard. We got Heat basketball tonight. We're going to talk to my favorite Amber Wilson, Amber and Ian. She's back on the air. I I think, I mean, there was no baseball last night. No, I happen to know. I was listening to her last night. But she hosted last night with former Miami Heat champion guard Norris Cole. How about that? He was filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons. So we'll get Amber Wilson on the show today. We'll talk some NBA with her. We'll talk, uh, we'll talk Miami Dolphins with her. Dolphins and Patriots this weekend. So excited to have Amber Wilson on the show. Spiro Didis is on the call for Dolphins Patriots this Sunday on CBS. Our pal Spiro Didis. We always like having him on. He's a friend of the program. We'll get Spiro Didis on the show today. We'll talk Dolphin football with him. It's Friday. So you know we got big game, not a big game. And we haven't done it in a few weeks. So we're going to do... Big movie or not a big movie. So there's some stuff going on. We got some things to get to. And like I said, I'm excited tonight. We got Heat basketball. Tonight's going to be a great night. Number one, today, my 16th wedding anniversary. That's right. Look at this. Put them right here. Married for 16 years. 16 years today. So we're going out to dinner tonight. We're going to Kalu's. That's a really nice restaurant. Do an anniversary dinner tonight. Early. We're old, you know. We go out early. We get home. Obviously, there's going to be magic to to be had in the Zaslow Mansion master bedroom. Everybody knows that. And you got the Heat and the Celtics tonight. We own that arena. That's right. TD Garden. The Heat own TD Garden. The Panthers own TD Garden. They're there on Monday. We own Boston. And it's time to get back to that tonight. So Heat Celtics tonight. Going to take that ass First road game of the season. So we're looking forward to that. We're excited about that. And we got NFL to talk about. Last night, you had Thursday night football. It it, it looked like the Buccaneers had a chance to do the Dolphins a huge solid. The Bills, they would hang on 24-18. Hail Mary at the end of the game from Baker Mayfield. Chris Godwin, it's like he wasn't paying attention. He turned around to it. The ball would have fell right in his lap on the Hail Mary he wasn't even turning around. He wasn't even looking. So the Bills hang on. They improved to 5-3. and three, And the Dolphins looking to remain a game up if they could win this weekend against the New England Patriots. Hot tip. Once again, second week in a row. I'm going to be doing it three weeks in a row, filling in for Shea Cornette. Second week in a row, this Sunday, 1-5 to 5 p.m. During the Dolphin game, 1-5 to 5 p.m. I'm hosting ESPN Radio NFL Game Day. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm hosting it with Herm Edwards. And Mike Tannenbaum. So, I, I I got a lot of football surrounding me Sunday afternoon, 1 to 5 p.m. ESPN Radio, NFL Game Day, 1 to 5 p.m. I hope you guys are listening. The best way for me to describe it is, it's like Red Zone on the radio. We're, we're bouncing from every game. We're updating you on all the action, all the scores. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, again, this Sunday, 1 to 5 p.m., ESPN Radio Game Day. 
I'll be hosting alongside Herm Edwards and Mike Tannenbaum. So there you go. We have to start here, though. You had two games in the NBA last night. The Lakers won the late game, their home opener against the Phoenix Suns. No no Devin Booker, no Bradley Beal. Which, by the way, I mean, the NBA, the new NBA player participation. That's right, new rules. Well, already, the first night on Tuesday night, no Bradley Beal for the Suns. Last night, no Bradley Beal, no Devin Booker. The game before it, Sixers, Bucks, no James Harden. So, the new NBA player participation rule off to a great start. What's the NBA going to do about it? They're going to do nothing. This is Adam Silver's NBA. The players don't play, and they don't honor contracts. So, the new NBA player participation rule, which is an embarrassment, that you have to have a rule about players playing off to a, a great start. What's the NBA going to do about it? They're going to do nothing. There's nothing they're going to do about it. There's nothing they can do about it. So that obviously is an embarrassment for the league to get this season starting. To get the season started, excuse me. But that game last night, Buck Sixers, that was a fun game. The story, obviously. Damian Lillard making his debut. It was a scene debut for both teams. Bucks were up like double figures for a lot of the game. Sixers came back. They were ahead most of the fourth quarter. Very controversial play with about three minutes left. It was 104-102 Philadelphia. The Sixers had just went on a big run. It was 104-102 Philadelphia. And Antetokounmpo misses a, a runner near the basket, gets his own rebound, puts it up, and then catches his own miss as it didn't touch anything. That's a travel. The Sixers were complaining. They kicked it out to Lillard. Lillard hits a three. 105-104, Milwaukee, they would hang on. They win 118-117. You had Philadelphia hit a three-pointer off the glass of the buzzer. It was inconsequential. That was the biggest play of the game. It went uncalled. That sucks. The uh, Sixers got jobbed in that spot. I'm not going to feel bad for Philadelphia because fuck Philadelphia. But the Bucks, Damian Lillard, in his debut, 39 points as advertised. He was on fire in the fourth quarter with the three-pointers. And, yeah, like, the Heat fan, I get it. The Heat fan's going to wake up this morning, or you were watching the game last night, and you're watching Lillard's performance, and you're like, man, it should have been us. And, yeah, it should have been us. But there was nothing we could do about it. Like, I wasn't – it was it was out of the Heat's control. I wasn't watching that game and bemoaning, oh, man, the Heat, like – why did the Heat get Damian Lillard? They should have gotten Damian Lillard. They didn't have control of it, man. And I get it that you're upset about it. You're annoyed because you feel like it should have been the Heat. And it should have been the Heat. But, it like, it's over. It's over with. We can't do anything about it. I'm not going to allow Damian Lillard playing somewhere else affect my enjoyment with my favorite little basketball team this year. I'm not going to put on Heat and Celtics tonight and I'm thinking about Damian Lillard from last night. No, I mean, did it cross my mind while I'm watching the fourth quarter last night how amazing Damian Lillard was and how he would fit in with the Miami Heat? Of course, but I'm not letting it ruin the season for me. It's out of the Heat's control. It was out of the Heat's control. And it's over with. You're living in the past, man. You got to move on. So that's my general thought about the Lillard stuff. And in Milwaukee, I'm not going to let it ruin this season for me. He was amazing. He was really good, though. 
And he and he's a, he's a fun player to watch. He's easy to like. I'll tell you an issue with the Bucks though. Chris Middleton, 16 minutes, not even in crunch time. Ah, I feel like they may have a problem with Middleton. He is not even close to the guy he was. Now, Lillard, he's going to be the guy. Middleton was kind of their closer the last few years. That's obviously going to be Lillard now. But And while Lillard and Antetokounmpo is certainly good enough to lead you to a championship, you would think, <laughs> they, they do need something from Middleton. You, you do kind of need that third guy. But it's two things that I was thinking about regarding the Heat last night. Obviously, the Lillard stuff, which I'm not going to let bother me. But the thing that actually should bother you that you saw last night in that game and has nothing to do with Damian Lillard plays for the 76ers. I'm not talking about Joel Embiid. I'm talking about Tyrese Maxey. Maxey was right there for the taking for the Heat. That year, going into the draft, we had... John Calipari on the show, on Zaslow and Amber. It may have been Zaslow, Rams, and Amber at the time. And Calipari told us, without naming names, because Calipari loves the Heat. Without naming names, Calipari told us, I got a guy right now who I'm hoping the Heat draft, he's going to be perfect for the Heat. Wasn't hard to figure out. We're talking about Tyrese Maxey. And when we get to that draft, guess what? You know, the Heat's pick was like 16, 17, whatever it was. Maxey was on the board. We were excited. Oh, shit. They're going to take Tyrese Maxey. They love the Kentucky guys. Bam. Tyler Hero. And they took Precious Achua. Tyrese Maxey was right there. Now, they obviously ended up flipping a year later. Achua and Dragic for Lowry. Would they have just shipped Maxey and whoever for Lowry? Maybe. Or maybe you see what you have developing in Tyrese Maxey. And you wouldn't have made the trade for Lowry. So that's twofold. Number one, you could have had Tyrese Maxey. And having Maxey would have meant you never would have acquired Kyle Lowry. That's a double dick punch when you think about it like that. Watching that game last night, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not sour about not having Lillard. And I'm certainly not thinking about Joel Embiid. I'm thinking about that guy, 31 points, Tyrese Maxey. That guy should have been ours. That guy should have been on the Heat. That was, like, you want to, and look, I'm not going to let it bother me, all right? But if something was going to bother you as a Heat fan about last night's game, I really think that is what should be bothering you. The Heat should have had Maxi. Forget should have had Lillard. Forget trying to get Embiid. They should have had Maxi. That's the part that should really stick with you. The Harden stuff, the Harden situation is so ridiculous. So... I already mentioned the player participation stuff. What's the NBA going to do about it? Who the hell knows? But Daryl Morey deserves a lot of blame himself. for Phil. Like, I look at that Philadelphia team. Played very well last night. They were right there at the end with the Bucs. Daryl Morey is being dumb. Because his job, at this point, Harden is not going to work. He's never going to play for them. His job has to be to get the best deal possible. What he wants for James Harden is not possible. Nobody out there wants to give him what he wants for James Harden. So at this point, you could have nothing or you could have something. 
And if something is the best deal possible for James Harden, he needs to go out there and make the best deal possible. He needs to get the best deal out there. Instead, he's sitting around and it's hurting the team. Harden is hurting the team. And Harden hurting the team is now forcing Morey to also hurt the team. Wouldn't you rather just add a capable player? Maybe you also get a first-round pick. Whatever he's asking for, he's not going to get. Add a rotation player. Maybe you could also get a first-round pick. It's better than having nothing and still having this Harden situation hanging over your head. So Harden is obviously to blame, but Daryl Morey is not doing what's in the best interest for the team. What's in the best interest for the team is getting the most you... To make a good deal, it's not just about what you want or what you think that player is worth. The best deal that you can make is getting the best deal that's out there. What he wants is not possible. Get the best deal out there. But instead, you know, you're, you're essentially playing a man down if you're Philadelphia. And it's stupid. We're going to get to Amber coming up in a few minutes here. First, though, you guys know I love telling you about Sheets and Giggles, one of my favorite sponsors. I sleep so well. I have the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets out there. And it's not just exclusive to the Zaslow Mansion. Go to SheetsGiggles.com. The annual fall sale is going on right now. You get 25% off across the website, all right? SheetsGiggles.com. You could save all kinds of money on their eucalyptus bedding, including their highly cozy and breathable eucalyptus flannel, I got that comforter right over there. I sleep on a eucalyptus pillow. You know how comfortable a eucalyptus pillow is? Think about it. A koala sleeps on a eucalyptus tree up to 18 hours a day. I have a eucalyptus pillow. You know how comfortable that is? Sheetsgiggles.com, the only place you're going to shop for your bed sheets. You're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans that are sleeping on sheets and giggles and never turning back. One of our great sponsors. And here's the best part. Go to SheetsGiggles.com, use promo code ZASLO, you'll get 20% at checkout off your first order. If you have not been to SheetsGiggles.com yet, promo code ZASLO, 20% off your first order, SheetsGiggles.com. So yesterday, we get this report as far as the Dolphins going. We're going to talk Dolphins with Amber. And I, look, she's dying to talk NBA. We'll talk plenty of NBA with her too. So yesterday, we get the report from Adam Schefter. It's credible. It's one of my colleagues, ESPN. Adam Schefter reports yesterday. What reports? Sends out a tweet. Dolphins are planning for cornerback Jalen Ramsey to make his return Sunday from the knee injury that he suffered this summer, per sources. Ramsey now is expected to be back on the field three months after his knee surgery with his Dolphins debut coming versus the Patriots. This is great news. This is very exciting. Jalen Ramsey is essentially a man of his word. He said he was going to be back sooner than the projections. He's been a full participant these last couple days in practice. Why wouldn't the Dolphins expect that he's going to play? He's not practicing for nothing. He says he feels great. He looks great. Of course people in the Dolphins are, are expecting him to play and be ready this weekend. So Jalen Ramsey, though, Jalen Ramsey then tweets out upon hearing this. So this is why I just got a crazy amount of texts. Well, this is news to me. Motherfuckers don't care about being right. 
They care about being first in today's media. That's sad. Then he continues on. I'm an Adam Schefter fan, by the way, so not mad at him at all for doing his job. I, I was just, I just didn't know. And then he goes on. Full transparency, there's a chance that I can play this Sunday. But that decision genuinely isn't made yet, so that is news to me just like it is to y'all. I have to go through a whole process to feel great enough to play. I won't play if I feel anything less than great. And finally, I'm a glass half full type guy, though, so I'm claiming a great two days for my body in hopes to turn up come Sunday. I must have looked good in practice today. All right, this is a stupid thing for Jalen Ramsey to get all upset about. He's right. No decision's been made. And no one has said any decision has been made. Adam Schefter tweeted out that people in the Dolphins are expect Jalen Ramsey to make his debut this Sunday. They're preparing for Jalen Ramsey to make his debut. What's there to get upset about? It feels like this is one of those instances where the player just wants to find anything they can to be annoyed with the media about. No one said he's going to play. No one said they're even activating him yet. But if the Dolphins have seen him practice and look good for the last two days, why wouldn't they be preparing for Jalen Ramsey to make his debut? What's Jalen Ramsey upset about? It doesn't make any sense. Okay, I'm very excited. Everybody knows my favorite host, Amber Wilson, my former co-host, Amber and Ian, every night, ESPN Radio, 7 to 10 p.m. every night. I mean, what a joke every night. When's the last time you worked, Amber? Seriously, when is the last time that you accepted a paycheck for services actually rendered? Well, hold on. The paycheck's still cash, okay? They cash every couple weeks regardless of when I'm on air. All right, so it's a sweet kind of little gig for that. So I'll let baseball have its moment in the month of October. It's why Amber and Ian keeps getting bumped because uh, these people that run ESPN, they're in bed with Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball comes to ESPN. They say, hey, we want you to broadcast the games. ESPN says, we can't. Amber and Ian, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Major League Baseball is like, yo, we're Major League Baseball. And apparently they win. I guess they had a good point. I don't know. I'm not running things yet. If I was running things at Disney and ESPN, Amber and Ian would be on every night. But in fact, this week, I was only on the last couple nights. Wednesday, Thursday night. Okay. Tonight, we're going to take a back seat. I'll let the World Series have a little moment in the sunshine. We'll be back on air next week, depending oh. how the World Series goes. Oh my God. How good would it be if you were running things at ESPN? I I feel like I feel like that would go in a really good direction for me as well. Because, right. because Amber knows how grateful I am for helping me out and, and and getting uh some of the opportunities, getting the opportunities that I've been getting at ESPN radio, which I have really enjoyed. I'm enjoying so much more than I ever thought I would really from day number one. And I, I really do owe it to you. So I'm really pleased with that. Well, I'm so glad you came on board. I know we had talked about it a long time ago and you were always sort of trepidatious about the national thing because it's not the same as the local. And I think that there's this idea when you're in local, I mean, I had the same idea for years. You're concerned. Am I going to be able to have fun if I go national? And, you know, it's a little bit more buttoned up than what we did when we were both at 790 forever on Zazzle and Amber, but it's still a lot of fun. You've been doing great. You've been killing it. We get to do shows together again from time to time. So that's been great. So I'm really glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad I finally talked you into coming on board. That is my favorite part. I get to do shows with you again. I'm on again this weekend, this weekend, 
Sunday, game day, second week in a row. I'm doing it three weeks because I guess Shea Cornette's away. So I'm doing it again this Sunday from 1 to 5 p.m. game day with both Herm Edwards and Mike Tannenbaum this weekend, oh, wow. which really sets up as like the e- – like it's it's a funny thing. I know you've done game day before. It's simultaneously the most difficult and easiest show I've ever done. Like it's difficult because there's so much going on. I got I got the red zone on my television. I have the the stats on on my phone. I have the scoreboard on my iPad and I have the producer screen up in Bristol on my computer and I got to listen to Herm Edwards and be able to steer and lead the show in the right direction. That makes it difficult, but the easy part is it it's the fastest three hours I ever did in my life last weekend. It was one of my very favorite shows to do. They don't let just anybody do it. So it's a very big deal that you're getting to do it because it is so hard from a radio host perspective. It's, it's literally like hosting red zone, like from hosting that show. I'm like, Oh, okay. I could do this red zone thing. And you watch red zone and it's so flawless. Right. And whatever the, what's the NFL network version of reds, all those shows that do the, the same sort of thing. And it's so flawless. And you think, man, that's got to be so hard. And it is so hard mm-hmm. from a host perspective, but it's also so, so, so fun. And the entire time you're juggling, there's so many balls in the air the whole time. And so it goes by in two seconds. It was my same experience. You always end up working with, you know, former execs or coaches or former athletes. That's typically always the role alongside of you. You're driving everything. You have producers yelling at you anytime there's something happening in any game or putting it up on the screen. You're managing all of it, plus getting their opinions, plus making sure that you're updated on all the action. It's so much fun. I miss doing that show. I really like it. So make sure you guys are listening this Sunday, 1 to 5 p.m. Me, Mike Tannenbaum, Herm Edwards, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80 as well. All right, Amber, I know one of the things you love when I fill in, and I've gotten a great opportunity uh, for a few weeks well, I've been filling in on some Friday nights, even a Thursday night filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons because he's Mr. College Football. So I get to sit in with you on Amber and Ian. You are very much in charge. You are in the big boy chair when we do that show. And I know one of the things you love when I do that is you get to talk a little bit of NBA, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more NBA than you normally would. So how much of the heat did you see Wednesday night in the opener? One point win against Detroit. Give me a little bit of thoughts there if you saw very much. I didn't actually see very much of that game, uh, which is funny because you're right. I've been waxing poetic for months of frustration about how much I want to talk basketball. And can we talk basketball? And I've been fighting with my new producers at ESPN. Like, I want to talk hoops. And they're like, you can't talk hoops yet. It's it's NFL. It's football season. What are you talking about? Basketball hasn't even started. And frankly, let's be honest, Zazzle, I'm not sure basketball really starts uh, until the day after of Christmas right? These days, these, you know, the way that it kind of goes with the coverage and the focus, the way that the NFL is king. Nevertheless, I'd been screaming from the rooftops. I want to talk basketball. And then I ended up watching very little of the actual heat game on Wednesday, but that's because I was caught up and busy on Wednesday and also, you know, hosting a show the rare time I worked on Wednesday. So it actually got in the way of some of my fanfare for once, but The one point when I was seeing a lot of people disappointed on social media, it's game one. What are we doing? Why are we disappointed already? You know, I I think it's going to be a long season for the Heat fan if they're going to show up with uh, that attitude out of the gate. Well, yeah. So, like, what have you made of the discourse from, you know, essentially from the Heat fan social media where there's been a really negative out 
outlook toward the start of this season. And I just, I refuse to feel that way at the beginning of the year. I'm glad my team is back. I'm excited to watch them on a nightly basis again. It sucks. It sucks for a team that was just in the NBA finals, right? I mean, it just super sucks because normally if your team was just within an arm's reach of winning a title, you'd go into the next season so happy when you have all of those pieces back that helps you get there and helps you win an Eastern Conference championship. And that's not the experience because of what happened with Damian Lillard. And it's such a shame. And frankly, like I think that maybe that was a miscalculation from the Heat's perspective as well when it came to the whole Damian Lillard thing, the way that it did drag out, the way that it went on. And I understand that maybe the Blazers are more at fault for that than the Heat. But I think maybe the thing that the Heat also weren't taking into account is just this is such a letdown then coming off of what's a very, very good season because it dragged on all summer. And then at the end of things, we get the news that he's making the Milwaukee Bucks exponentially better and obviously a rival within our own conference. And so there's going to, I think, be just a natural disappointment coming from the fan base. When you watch the Celtics get better and you watch the Bucks get better, even if the Heat end up being great this season again, it's it's an off-season sport now, Zaslo. You are you you can win two championships, right? If you're an NBA fan, you're looking at the championship that actually matters there, which is the NBA title. But winning the off-season is actually a thing as well in the NBA now because it has become a year-round sport because we all love the transaction so much. All of that's great for the game, but it can lead to this sort of disappointment if you're a fan. I think part of what happened is with the Heat fan especially coming off a year like last year where the regular season sucked. But then you get to the playoffs, it's like, all right, this shit's awesome. So we know that the team can coast through the regular season if they want. And if they would have made a big splash in the offseason, it gives the Heat fan something exciting between now and April. It's 82 of this, right? Like, yeah. I got to watch 81 right. more games of them underperforming. I got to wait. A game they I gotta should have won yeah. by 20 points by one point. You know, I, I got to wait. I, I have to wait. Yeah. Because it's also a team that's led by Jimmy. He's going to save himself for the postseason. And that's fine, as he should. And we know that's how things work in this day and age. But you're absolutely right. It's a season that's too long anyways. The NBA season's longer than it should be. I mean, that's the reality of it. It diminishes some of the importance of each and every regular season game. So you're going through all of that as an NBA fan, even if you had gotten Damian Lillard, let's be honest about that. I mean, Dame is 33 years old. It's not like he was going to show up and show out all 82 either in 2023. It's just not how it works for these guys in their thirties who are the superstars, but it would have given you something new to look for as a heat fan. And I think it, it, it you feel great about what happened in the postseason. but like you said, Yasin, you, know, you got there as an eighth seed, you know how long the season was watching it to get there. And I think you're just looking at the season ahead. Like, all right, it's going to be a while until we get to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even if they can do it again, it's going to yeah. be a while until they get to the good stuff. Let me give you a couple hot button issues and then we'll get to some dolphin stuff. So you can get all your NBA takes that you've had bottled up. You can get oh, them all out here. All right. Uh, should I saw this was as a headline on first take yesterday. The, the, good, the show, night, good show, especially uh, when I'm on it. Excellent I show. saw this as a head. Like, you are excellent on first take. You are my favorite. Look, all of them are my colleagues. So I got respect for all of them. These are my coworkers, you know, respect. Yeah. But you are my favorite panelist when you're on first take. I mean, a real mistake that they haven't invited you back yet. Anyway, uh, James Harden, that whole saga going on in Philadelphia. Joel Embiid. I saw this as a headline on first take. Should Joel Embiid ask out 
of Philadelphia. We're on day number three of the NBA. Should Joel Embiid ask out? Yes, he should, and he should demand a trade to the Miami Heat. And for once, the Miami Heat should actually get their guy again, even though, yes, they got Jimmy, and yes, they got LeBron, and yes, they got Chris Bosh, and everyone forgets all those uh, the heavy hitters that, that that Shaq and everybody else that they actually landed on over the years. But now we're in this era because they've whiffed on a couple here over the last few years of, you know, Riley can't close. So let's go ahead. We'll get Joel Embiid. Riley will close this thing on his way out. Dame, we will it, it, we'll hardly, hardly miss you, right? If we go ahead and get you would so give yes, up bam. You would give up bam for Joel Embiid. I would give up damn near anything for Joel Embiid wow. uh, to, to to join this team. I would consider giving up bam, obviously, because yes, of, oh, the, you of the skill to. sets. You I mean, would have the only to. Way, the skill set. But Bam was untouchable with Dame, but also Dame and Jimmy Butler without Bam is a team with a lot of deficiencies, right? It's not the same situation when you're talking Joel Embiid for Bam. So obviously in that situation, yes, I am giving up Bam. It is an upgrade to go to Joel Embiid. I'm okay with that as much as as I love Bam and I'm not giving him up for most players. That's not disrespect to Bam. It's just the reality of how great the reigning MVP is in Joel Embiid. Nevertheless, He's not demanding a trade on day three. That's lunacy. And he's certainly not demanding one yet to the Miami Heat. Could I see him winning out of Philadelphia, Zaslow, on the real? Yes, I could. Daryl Morey right now, I understand he's done this and he has showed incredible patience in the past. I mean, heck, we saw him let a player sit out for an entire year in Ben Simmons before he traded him. Like he is unwaveringly patient that he is going to try to get what he thinks that he should get for the player. I just not sure that's going to end up being successful here. And the risk that you're running is the Joel and Bede component of it. So I am a little surprised. I think Daryl Morey sometimes has this, I'm smarter than everybody in the room sort of thing. And frankly, it's worked out well for him in transactions in the past, but I'm just not sure it's going to work out for him well with transactions here. I think at some point you got to cut your losses and move on from James Harden. I don't really know what the advantage is here for what Philadelphia is doing. Another hot button issue. Should the Warriors retire Kevin Durant's jersey number? Yes. That's a hot button. Who the hell is talking about that? That's Kevin on first take also. That's literally on first take also. In October? Yes. We've got postseason baseball. We've got basketball. We've got NFL. We've got college ball. We've got hockey back. We're talking about Kevin Durant's jersey right. being retired when the man is still trying to win a championship with Phoenix. That's lunacy. Yes. Yes, they will retire it. Absolutely. You have to retire the guy. Any of the guys that win you the chips and they do it as MVP, you're retiring their jersey one. At this point in the NBA season, who is the front runner for MVP? <laughs> Three days in, uh, it's still after after a game. Uh, it's still Jimmy, just because he has my heart. All right. I mean, you know that's very important to these guys. MVP <laughs> is a very big deal. Well, yeah. Joel got maybe a little too caught up in that last season. It's like, maybe let's focus a little bit more on getting out of the first round, a little less on the individual awards. Were you as offended as I was the other night with Adam Silver's very tepid response to Charles Barkley on NBA on TNT? talking about you know, what are we going to do about these guys who are beating up women? Oh, I didn't see this. Oh, yeah. Barkley pressed him on Tuesday night and was like, you know, what? we can't have guys like this in the league. What are we going to do about it? And uh, I, I just thought Adam Silver's answer was a vomit. I, I thought it was super well, well, I, soft. You know, we, we have, uh, you know, we've worked with the Players Union and we have counseling in place and 
you know, training to make sure these guys know that in stressful situations, I mean, you, you're not, you're not a babysitter, you know, right. either you're, you're here to play. Like, why does the NBA, why is there some responsibility to make sure players know that they don't, that they're not supposed to beat up women. I don't know. It's because it's because of how powerful that NBA PA is. I mean, that's really what I think you're working against when you're hearing from Adam Silver. And we've seen some of the pushback that extends far beyond those issues. Like it seems pretty easy for the NBA to come out and have a very hard nosed approach to domestic violence in the NBA, right? Come out, condemn it on the front end, have a hard nosed approach, but just generally speaking, the power of the player in that league, it's unlike what we see in the other leagues. And I feel like with Adam Silver's reign, and you know this, I was on this before. You were, you really were. I was not on the same page with you at the start. And you, you brought it up years ago that Adam Silver is Teflon and you don't get it. I did not understand it. Like seven, eight years ago on Zazlo and Amber, I, I was kept saying, why? Why You're did right. he say Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports? He really hasn't had to deal with much adversity. I understand that we can harp on Roger Goodell for some things, but also it felt like to me at that point when we were having these conversations back on 790 The Ticket, that Roger Goodell had dealt with a lot more in his career. And I just hadn't seen Adam Silver do much. It's like, all right, he was just letting the players run the show. He wasn't actually doing doing much from the league perspective. And now you see when he has to take that onus on himself and actually be the leader of the NBA, I do think sometimes there's a bit of maybe backbone that's lacking because of the power that the individual players possess. And that's why you've seen things now, like these owners trying to take back some of the power. That's what happened with this Damian Lillard situation to some extent, right? And we'll see how that works moving forward. But Adam Silver is a commissioner. I mean, there's been a lot of times now over the last few years where I thought he needs to take an approach on something. You know, he needs to come out, be a bit more forceful, and and it might make you a little unpopular. And he hasn't been willing to do that. So, and maybe this is another example of that. Again, I didn't actually hear the comments. So, you know, I'm not commenting specifically on that, but I wouldn't be surprised if this was sort of another example of him appeasing the NBA PA. And that's not actually your job if you're the commissioner of the NBA. He really is about path of least resistance, I feel. And for me, the NBA under his watch, players don't play. Players don't honor contracts. Mm -hmm. Soft on punishment. Right. That's that's Adam Silver's NBA. As a sport, it continues to get more popular. I would argue that would have happened anyways, right? With with television rights deals and distribution and TikTok highlights and all that sort of stuff. But the way that it's getting more popular, the way that the youngest generation is consuming these things, it's very wildly pop. Social media in a lot of ways has helped the NBA because you see the crazy plays, you see the slam dunks, you know, Wemby's a star before he even gets to this country sort of thing. But at the same time, they're not sitting down and watching games in their entirety. And in part because those stars aren't playing in Adam Silver's NBA, like you said, you're right. The, the, the movement, the not honoring the contracts, that what we're seeing with James Harden right now, and boy, we've seen it now multiple stops along the way. And if you're James Harden, why the hell wouldn't you do it? Because it's worked everywhere you've been, right? So of course you're going to try to do it again. And I just said, I thought Daryl Morey, I mean, at this point, like get rid of, J- essentially give in to what James Harden wants. Instead, he's going to take the hard-nosed approach 
and he's trying to himself, you know, you can't do this to me. I'm Daryl Moore. And I'm afraid for the 76ers fan, it's going to cost them Joel Embiid on the back end. And they'll be the big losers if that's the way that things go. But just generally as a landscape in the NBA, I mean, I think that Adam Silver's counter argument would be the sport is exponentially more popular decade in and decade out. And that's true. But I'm not sure that would be the case or that would not be the case if somebody else was commissioner as well. Amber, as far as the NBA, you've said it all. Ah. Let's, let's move over to the Dolphins So it here. is said, so it is done. Dolphins and Patriots this weekend. The Dolphins are coming off of a double-digit loss in Philadelphia, which has been a field day for all the haters this week, that the Dolphins are a phony team. They've only played two good teams. They've lost by double figures to both of them. Here's, here's where I would – now, that's true. I don't know about the phony part, but – the, the place that I push back, Amber, is I'd rather be a team like the Dolphins at 5-2 and two, where my two losses are on the road at really good teams compared to a team like, say, the 49ers, who are 5-2, and two, and their two losses are at shit teams, okay? Yeah. So, so, like, why are the Dolphins – why are you phony if you lose to great teams – but you're not phony if you lose to bad teams. I'm glad you brought this up because this narrative has been driving me insane on our network over the last week. Go on. Where and you we, said our network because it's it's our it's network. Both our of us. network. Yeah. Yeah. You know, both of yeah. us. You know, we're yeah. in the family here. The, the yeah. fam jam. Uh, so our network over the last week, there has been so many people on our network talking about how the Dolphins, when they face a good team, they get exposed. Okay, but doesn't everybody? I mean, isn't that sort of when you're supposed to get somewhat exposed, right? Like if you play the Kansas City Chiefs and you get somewhat exposed, right? Isn't that, like you're saying, better than playing the, you know, the Carolina Panthers and getting exposed? Because when the Dolphins play the bad teams, they, they win and they beat the shit out of them. The shit out of them. And isn't that what you're supposed to do? So, yes, it did not go as planned against the Eagles However, when you take into uh, into account the circumstances, first of all, you're talking about a team that was just in the Super Bowl, right, in Philadelphia, and a team that has a totally indefensible play with the tush push, which I don't have any problem with them running that play. If I was Philadelphia, I might run that play every single down because it can probably get you three. It can probably get you three yards every single down. Like if I'm Philadelphia, I might just be hammering that thing and running nothing else because nobody can stop it. It's not illegal. They're playing the game. If they want to outlaw it in the, in the NFL, fine, whatever. We're going to have that conversation. That's kind of stupid because they are the only ones that are successful at it. The point is that that's a very good Philadelphia team, even though I myself have had some sort of negative, slightly negative tempered things to say. You're a Cowboys girl. Well, I, I apparently I'm a Cowboys girl, right? Uh, according to first take. But Philadelphia, I don't think Philadelphia is quite as good as they were last season. I do think Philadelphia has had some growing pains here as they switch coordinators on both sides of the ball and where they lost some key pieces, but they're still a very good team. And they did some very good things against a very banged up Dolphins team. So when you're a Dolphins team that's missing five starters on offense, you're missing H hand, you're missing three starters on defense. You don't have X. You don't have, like, all the pieces. They may get Howard and Ramsey this weekend. And if we can get Ramsey out there and finally see what that's going to look like, that's going to be huge as well. So you're missing a bunch of key pieces in that game against Philadelphia. 
plus the refs were wearing Kelly green as well as the Eagles and you're in a hostile environment on the road. That's the time that losing's kind of okay. Right? Like that's like, for me, the sky's not falling. If you lose in that situation, the sky's falling. If it cough one up to the team that you absolutely should be taking care of business against. That's a whole different story. So I agree with you. I don't know what this narrative has been. The Bills loss to me concerns me a bit more than the Eagles loss, frankly, because I thought considering the circumstances, the fact that we go into the fourth quarter still with an opportunity to win mm -hmm. that game in the fourth with everything stacked against us and with the terrible calls in that game, I thought that it was a decent situation for the Dolphins. I'm not, you know, excusing a couple losses, but yeah, like at the end of the season, if you tell me the only teams we lose to are those teams, I they're going to win a lot of games then, all day, every day. Yes, yeah. of course. How many do, how many points do the Dolphins win by against New England this weekend? Uh, 150. Wow, no, I was going to go a little less. <laughs> Take the under on that. Uh, here's the thing: uh, Bill still calls a good defensive game plan. They only beat him by that. a touchdown last time. Right. And so that, that I think is going to end up being a factor here defensively that Patriots, that Patriots team is confusing. Of course, it leaves a whole lot to be desired. Mac Jones Tua has never lost crash. to Belichick. Tua owns him. He does own him. Tua is his daddy. I do think the Dolphins get a win. The Dolphins need a win. Uh, that would be hugely helpful. I do not think that this game is going to be a blowout by any means. I just think Bill is, is too good. His staff is too good defensively. I think also, what I think is good about what's happened here with the Eagles and also with Buffalo is I think that it's a learning experience for Mike McDaniel. When you want them to figure you out a bit is in the regular season, right? So you can clean up some of that in the postseason. It's when, when you take away the game and it's all that trickery and the defense isn't so confused by all that trickery because they've got it a little bit figured out and they can get some pressure there on Tua. And of course, we've got the injuries on the O-line. That's a huge, huge problem for the Dolphins. When you're in that mode and you're able to get some pressure and you're not biting on all of that pre-snap motion, then you are able to disrupt things for the Dolphins some. And that'll be up to Mike McDaniel to adjust. He's showing a lot of looks here early in the season that hardly anyone's ever seen in NFL history, right? I mean, the man looks like an offensive genius, but at the same time, you have to keep adjusting. We see it with with Shanahan systems. We've seen it for years with Shanahan. So I, you know, I think, I think ultimately Mike McDaniel will do that and that we'll see some more of that adjusting. But I do think coming off of the Eagles loss, the Bills loss, there's a bit of a playbook for Bill to, to work off of. And I, I think that he'll have that team defensively somewhat ready. He just doesn't have the personnel. So we'll still get the dub. Not going to be a blowout. Amber, you've said it all. You, you really? cannot you cannot hear her tonight. All right, tonight you got World Series. Boog Shambi, voice of the World Series on ESPN Radio tonight. But you'll be able to, I mean, are, are, are you going to be back on Monday? I mean, probably no. not, right? That'll be game four on Monday, I believe. So you're probably back on Thursday then, right? Well, I mean, because I'm assuming we're going to a game five, like right? If it's not and... a sweep, you'll be back on Thursday. Right. If it's not a sweep, I wow. should be back on Thursday. What a but We'll what see. A I mean, if this thing goes, this thing's go seven, I would <laughs> talk to you in a while, you know? What we'll a see. lifestyle. How about finally, I will leave you with this. Are you relieved to know that my favorite and your new friend as well, Chris Russo, is not, in fact, retiring. Oh, my God. What was he 
doing those at? Like that dog is your favorite favorite. Chris Russo is the sweetest man. He's amazing. Uh, he's so fun to work with as well. But what the hell are you doing, Matt? He dog? is the best. I mean, you can't. This also, this is not the time in your career to threaten retirement because, as much of a legend as Mad Dog is, his career has had some like weird resurgence here. Like he's done it all. I get yep. that. But also here in the latter half of his career, he has had a huge bump. Like now ain't the time. So when he threatened re- or offered to retire, if he was wrong, which which uh, he was wrong. If, when he threw that out there, I genuinely thought that he must already have it in the works that he was retiring from Sirius. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's already leaving Sirius, you know, because he's so big at ESPN now. And he's probably so damn busy. And, and who wants to work this hard if you're Chris Russo and you've already done it all in your career? So maybe he's just going to focus on the ESPN stuff. And he already knows that. So he's like, oh, retire if I... But apparently that wasn't the case. He was just throwing some crazy shit out there. I mean, he just like he had, he like he said, he would have been stunned if the Phillies didn't win. Okay, but there's still a chance. There was still a chance. Like none of us are risking our careers on any given sports take, right? Nope. Nope. Probably not. But you're relieved that he's not retiring. You're glad. I'm glad he's not retiring. I'm he's glad a very too. sweet man. I'm glad too. Amber, excellent job. Uh, again, Amber and Ian, when there's no baseball, 7 to 10 on ESPN Radio. Sometimes I am filling in, and uh, then I get to work with Amber again. Excellent job, Amber. Thanks so much. Always good having you on. Thanks for having me. Great job by Amber. She is killing it every night, 7 to 10 p.m. ESPN Radio. Amber and Ian, no one is doing what she's doing. Uh, and I mean, you know, from a a, a female talk show host perspective there there's no one better than her right now so excellent job out of her looking forward to hosting with her again this weekend though i am doing espn radio game day from one to five on sunday but make sure you check her out every night when there's no baseball every night 7 to 10 p.m espn radio amber and ian all right it's we're gonna talk to spiro ditas coming up we're gonna do some dolphins We'll, we'll, we'll ask him a little nba as well but you guys are probably saying to yourself zaslow uh, it's Friday. I-, I gotta know. Is it a big game? Or is it not a big game? Big game or not a big game? Every Friday brought to us by Brunt Insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. When you call 954-589-2204, you're getting the most comprehensive insurance on your home, and you're getting it at the most affordable rate out there. Whatever you're calling from in the state of Florida, from Pensacola, we're huge in Pensacola, all the way down to the Keys. I'm a monster in the Keys. Wherever you're calling from, Brunt Insurance has offices all throughout the state of Florida so they know your area and they're going to tailor your coverage to exactly what you need depending on where you live. At Brunt Insurance, their agents specialize in finding the right policy and you're not going to be left out in the dark. They're going to educate you on all your options so you know the ins and outs of your policy of choice. I've been getting my homeowner's insurance with Brunt Insurance for almost 10 years now. So you know when I tell you that you can trust them, it's because I've been trusting them in insuring my home all of these years. Maybe you're looking for automobile insurance, motorcycle, boaters insurance. 954-589-2204. You're making the right call. Bruntinsurance.com. Let's get to big game or not a big game. Here we go. Tonight, 730 ESPN, your Miami Heat at 
the Boston Celtics. The last time these two teams played was in this exact building. The Heat ripped the hearts out of the Boston Celtics, took the soul from the Boston Celtics fan. You thought that you were to be the first team to come back down three games to none? No. You think I need that shit in my life? Tonight, the Heat back in a building that they own. Game seven in your house for life. Heat at Celtics. That's a big game. You know it. All right. Everybody calm down. Tonight, Friday, 8.30. No, no, 8.30. 8.03. Fox. Diamondbacks at Rangers. World Series Game 1. National League champion Diamondbacks. They were the sixth seed. The last team in. The Texas Rangers. American League champions. They knocked off the Houston Astros. Two teams that you did not expect to be in this spot. Most importantly, on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio's voice of the World Series. John Boog Shambi has your call. D-backs at Rangers. World Series Game 1. That's a big game. Yep. You didn't know where I was going with that one. That's a big game. All right. Saturday, 12 p.m. ABC. Number four ranked team in the country. Florida State Seminoles at Wake Forest. The Seminoles, they're undefeated. They're one of the best teams in the country. Wake, I believe, is four and three. This should be a cakewalk for the Seminoles. FSU at Wake Forest. Not a big game. All right. Saturday, 3.30. ACC Network. Virginia Cavaliers coming off a crazy game against North Carolina at your Miami Hurricanes. The Canes are are, are a 19-point favorite. The Canes under Mario Cristobal got their first home ACC win. I mean, can you believe that? Can they make it two weeks in a row now with Virginia in town this weekend? Canes are feeling good about themselves coming off that win against Clemson. I mean, even though, look, it's Clemson in a down year. Nonetheless, the Canes are feeling good about themselves. Tyler Van Dyke, he's a question mark for tomorrow. Can we get a half-decent crowd at Hard Rock Stadium to support the Hurricanes? Probably not. Virginia at Miami Hurricanes. Not a big game. No, no, no. It's, It's not a big game. I'm sorry. I wish it was, but it's not. All right. Saturday, 3.30, CBS. The number one ranked team in the country, Georgia Bulldogs. The Florida Gators. The world's largest cocktail party. Jacksonville. Every year these two teams play there. It's a very big event. But Georgia, while the Gators at times have looked good this year, you're going up against the number one ranked team in the country. Georgia has owned this rivalry after the Gators owned it forever. Number one, Georgia versus Florida Gators. That's a big game. You even thought I was going to go not a big game. That's a big game because it's the world's largest cocktail party. Obviously, that's a big game. Saturday, 6 p.m., Bally Sports, Florida. Seattle Kraken. Excuse me. At your Florida Panthers, your favorite little hockey team. They finish out this three-game homestand looking for two out of three at home, 
Really good performance from the backup goalie, Solaire's getting the win the other night, 3-1 over San Jose. The Kraken make their lone appearance here to Sunrise, coming in 2-4-2. So the Kraken, they've struggled in the early part of this season. The Panthers looking to get over 500. You know I love the Panthers. Kraken at Panthers, that's a big game. We're hoping for the return of both Alexander Barkov and Sam Bennett to make his season debut. Saturday, 8 p.m., Bally Sports Sun. Your Miami Heat at the Minnesota Timberwolves. First back-to-back of the season for your favorite little basketball team. The Timberwolves, they will come into tomorrow's matchup. It would be just their second game of the year. They're 0-1, so they get a little bit of a layoff since their opener on Wednesday night. The Heat, they'll be coming in second night of a back-to-back, having played in Boston the night before, which, of course, is tonight as you're listening to this. I don't know when you're listening to this. That's on you, all right? But I'm just assuming you're listening to it today, Friday. Heat at Timberwolves. That's a big game. Saturday, 8 p.m., TNT. All Elite Wrestling AEW Collision. Now, you may be saying to yourself, Zaslow, Collision is never a big game. Why do you have Collision on Big Game or not a big game? Well, there is quite the fucking main event tomorrow night on Collision. The AEW World Championship is on the line. Top Jew, MJF, Maxwell, Jacob Friedman defends against the cleaner, Kenny Omega. That's a big game. Come on now. You got my attention, Collision. I will be tuned into that. And finally, I got I got time for one more. I got one more for you guys. Big game or not a big game? Sunday, 1 p.m. CBS. New England Patriots at your Miami Dolphins. Spiro Ditas has play-by-play. He's on the call. We'll get to him coming up. He'll probably think it's a big game, but he's not in charge. The Patriots, they did the Dolphins a huge solid last week by knocking off the Bills. Belichick got win number 300. We hate his guts. The Miami Dolphins coming off of a loss in Philadelphia next week. Another opportunity against a great team in Germany against the Chiefs, but we got to handle this business first. The Dolphins looking to sweep the season series against the Patriots. Will Jalen Ramsey make his debut? I think he will. I think this is a double-digit win for the Dolphins. Easy. Patriots at Dolphins. That's a big game. And that right there, courtesy of Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204, bruntinsurance.com, is another edition of Big Game, Not a Big Game. All right, so Dolphins looking to bounce back this weekend. Dolphins, Patriots, CBS, Spiro, Didis, Adam Archuleta on the call. CBS, we always like when Spiro makes some time and checks in with us here ahead of the game. Spiro, Didis joining us here. Uh, so first, I want to start with, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. I appreciate it. Did you did you get to watch any NBA last night, or are you so dialed in to all of the NFL, all your responsibilities every weekend? Have you enjoyed some NBA this week? I did. I did. You know, the NBA is obviously near and dear to my heart. And uh, first of all, it's good to be back with you and uh, and hear your voice. Uh, Yeah, no, I've caught a a ton of games already this week. Um, I thought the Milwaukee game, the scene in Milwaukee was awesome, you know, to see what that team could look like. 
Lakers had a big bounce back. So, I mean, we're off and running. You know, it's uh, there's so many intriguing storylines, it seems like, every year. But this this Lillard thing to the Bucks, I think, has really changed the landscape, not only in the East, but the the league in general. And uh, and this is, you know, this to me, Jonathan, is the best time of year. You know, the NFL's in full swing. NBA starts, comes hot and heavy with all these, uh, you know, uh, new faces and new places and uh, and off we go. So we're, we're excited. And it's a great time of year. Yeah, I, I always say October, I think, is the best sports month of the year. Such a good month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do want to get your quick thought, though, because you, you are an NBA guy, obviously. So last night was the third night of the season. It's the second night where you got the national TV games. And already we, we got the player participation policy. Stars, <laughs> like... It has like how are they going to legislate this? There's no way to legislate this, Spiro. Yeah, they can't. They can't. And then and then you throw in Jonathan the John the uh, the the James Harden situation, which I, I had to text Chris Haynes, my buddy from from TNT. I don't know if he caught that that report mm-hmm. where he said that Harden attempted to get on the team plane, and team security basically forbid him from getting on. So I text Chris, I said, did I hear that correctly? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So I think the NBA now is getting involved. But you're right. I mean, that that's to answer your question, you can't govern that. Um, I, I did a preseason game with Stan Van Gundy a couple of weeks ago, and he was he, he had the same question. He's like, how, how could they possibly adjudicate that and and tell a team, well, we think your guy's faking the injury and and you know should be on the floor. So that that is that was an interesting one. I, I think that maybe the league is just trying to win the PR battle and say, Hey, look, we're, we're trying to do something with this. At the end of the day, everyone knows it's impossible to, uh, to enforce, but you just hope that from a fan's perspective, the players kind of hear what's out there, hear the complaints and just, and just push themselves physically. If they can play, they should play. I love Charles Barkley's comments on the pregame show. Um, imploring these guys to just strap it on and play whenever possible. Yeah. Uh, And speaking of which, enforcing new rules real quick here, Spiro, what do you make of of the debut a couple nights ago of the new flopping technical foul? I've been calling for that. Like the NHL does their embellishments, minor penalties. I've been calling for this for years. I think it's going to get the flopping out of the game. I, 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 I agree. I love it. I loved it when they explained it to us during the officiating seminar, which we we have with with all the broadcasters around the league in early September. Um, and I think it's going to happen fairly quickly. Uh, we've seen this over the course of the years where they've made a change, a pretty significant change in officiating. And there was always that question, boy, this is going to really change things. It's going to delay games, uh, you know, more replays or whatever the case may be. Players are really smart and obviously coaches have been very bright. And that, and I think that they can ad- adapt very quickly. So the flopping had to had to get taken out. I mean, it's something that is I think has really hurt the game from a, a fan's perspective, from an entertainer's perspective. You, you don't want to see a seven foot guy throwing himself to the floor. Um, there's that famous Rudy Gobert play where he doesn't even get touched and he, you know, looks like he got run over by a Mack truck. I, I, I just think it's bad. It's a bad look for him. It's a bad look for players. And it's, it's, I, I love that rule. I hope, I hope it's, it's as good as we all hope it, hope it'll be. I'll get right back to the conversation here in a second, but if you're in the market for a new car, maybe you can't decide where to go. Hey, that's not a problem. 
I'm sending you to the only car dealership I personally endorse. Yeah, we're talking North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're going to see the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. Whatever you're looking for, maybe you're looking for something spacious, an SUV for the family. Maybe you're just looking for a Subaru sedan for your daily commute. Whatever you're looking for, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is sure to have the perfect model for you. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, we're talking the North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promise. That's guaranteed most money for your trip. Three-day exchange policy. You're out the door 90 minutes or less after you say yes. 100% credit approval. Lifetime vehicle warranty. You could shop right now. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Spiro's got the call, NFL on CBS Dolphins Patriots this weekend. So Jalen Ramsey had a little go last night on Twitter about Adam Schefter saying that per sources, the Dolphins are preparing for Jalen Ramsey to make his Dolphin debut this weekend. It, he's practiced in full the last couple of days. It's looking <laughs> like you're going to get Jalen Ramsey's debut. So a good time. It's always a good time, especially this time of year, to be down here in South Florida. But you're going to get what may be a, a vastly improved Dolphin defense with Xavier Howard likely to return this weekend as well. Yeah, maybe Adam Schefter's even better than we all thought he was. I mean, he he knows more than Jalen Ramsey knows himself. Uh, it's kind of like the twilight zone of, uh, of sports information, guys. But, you know... I, I got a chuckle out of that, first of all. I, you know, Schefter's my guy. I used to work with him at NFL Network. Um, he, he's obviously the king. But whether whether it's this week, Jonathan, whether it's next week, to me, Jalen Ramsey coming back is is just – it's it's such a gigantic thing for this defense. Uh, it was an unfortunate injury, the timing of it, and I know that there have been some – you know, not some, but a lot of talk about this defense being a little disappointing at the start – you can't possibly evaluate what this defense is until they get some of these pieces back. And and certainly Jalen Ramsey was their, their their crown jewel of their offseason. When you look at this team on paper, this defense on paper, Jonathan, specifically, I mean, it's pretty scary. Yeah. You know, now you got Jalen Phillips starting to come back into the fold, you know, with his injury. You got those edge rushers. You got Ramsey solidifying the back end with, with what they have with Howard and some of the other guys. Um this is this is a really exciting time to be a Miami Dolphin fan. This is the best team that they've had on paper in many many years. the The only question I would have is this offensive line. You know, can they can they somehow get healthy? Can they protect Tua? You know, you throw in his injury history. That that to me, if I'm a Dolphins fan, that's that's my biggest concern at this point. It's weird. It's it's one of those. Th- and look, any quarterback can get hurt on any play. But as a mm-hmm. Dolphin fan, literally, if if Tua gets hit after a throw, the camera shows the receiver, and then it's like, whether he caught it or not, all right, can you please put the camera back on Tua so that I know that he got up? <laughs> yeah, and that's what that's where that's where we're at. You know, basically because of last year. And and you know, this is a guy who considered retirement. And that's how that's how bad it was. That's how that's how precarious it is, and that's how fine a line it is, I think, with this team. You know, on one side, you have a team that could easily contend for the AFC, certainly for the division and and maybe even a Super Bowl. And on the other, they're one hit away from becoming this wayward team that, you know, is lucky to make the playoffs and lucky to win a playoff game. I mean, that's how that's how close it is. So to me, you know, Chris Greer has done a fantastic job building this roster. Um, 
But this is now where you're tested with your offensive line. Now you lose Isaiah Wynn last week. I mean, that's just a killer with some of the other holes that they were trying to plug. So, you know, who knows? You know, you got the deadline around the corner. It uh, doesn't seem like there's any activity, but but they've got to get these guys healthy. They've, they've got to get Armstead back and, and, and solidify this offensive line as quickly as possible. I always like hearing about when you guys meet with the coaches and, and, and the quarterbacks, the production meetings before the games. And I know you haven't met with them yet. You're going to be doing that in a little bit here today. But I wonder, how do you treat those meetings differently with Mike McDaniel compared to how you treat those production meetings with other coaches, because McDaniel is, is so honest and, and, and forthcoming and really seems very personable. You do, you do absolutely do. And we have two coaches this week who are like the polar opposites in terms of how you approach them in the production meeting with, with Mike, just a fascinating guy. He's so introspective as you alluded to, you know, he's willing to go kind of wherever you want to take him. And you almost have to have a game plan going in because, you know, he he gives you really well thought out, thoughtful answers. And sometimes, you know, it's 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 a bit long winded, but we appreciate that because it's such great intel for us. So you almost have to go into a game plan. All right. These are my three questions. These are the three areas I want to cover with him. And 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 he'll he just gives you just amazing inside information with Belichick you almost have to like put your football questions aside and like come up with some other way to break the ice with him, develop a little bit of trust. Maybe you talk a little bit about, um, you know, his, his early career, some of his other previous uh, teams. I grew up in the Northeast, a a huge giants fan. So maybe I'll ask him about his 86 giants or 91 giants to kind of soften him up a little bit. And then maybe he'll give us some information on his team, but two, two guys that are like, the antithesis of each other in terms of, of, of how they are with the media. What did you make of the Belichick extension uh, leaking out before last week's win, uh, a game they, they really needed against Buffalo? What did you make of that? Really interesting. You know, I, I, I know Mike Florio of uh, Pro Football Talk put out a piece that I thought theoretically makes sense. You know, you have a guy in Belichick who, you know, I think we all agree is probably the greatest, most accomplished coach in the history of the sport. And these guys are so prideful. So imagine being Belichick and now seeing these reports that, you know, his job security is, is being called into question uh, his future with the team, but you know, a, a franchise that he helped build. Um, and so it would make sense that maybe someone, in his camp would put that story out there just to to say, hold, you know, hold on a second. You know, I'm Bill Belichick. I'm going to go out on my terms whenever I want to go out. Um, but then again, it's it goes against kind of his personality. You know, Bill is seemingly never cared what the media thinks about anything. Um, he's always just gone about his business and 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 who can fault him. So I don't, you know, who knows what the answer is. I mean, this is why these these information guys get paid all the big bucks to uh, to uncover these stories. But um, to think that Belichick is going to get fired midseason, I think, would be so stunning for so many of us to cover the league. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But it was very, very interesting. The timing of it was interesting. The way it came out, um, you know, considering where this where this New England team is at this stage of the year, was uh, was quite surprising. You know, his the the wins record is a big deal for us down here because now after last week, he's 28 wins away from sure. the all-time record from Don Shula. And I, I wonder how you feel about him potentially being able to catch Shula because it reminds me a lot of Tiger Woods 
and Jack Nicholas, where mm. it, it seemed like Tiger was a lock to catch and crush Nicholas's record. And then it got to a place where, yeah, he's got no chance of catching him. And I kind of feel that way now about Belichick and Shula. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a great comparison. I really do. I remember, you know, talk, having those conversations with people about Tiger and and to think that that things would change the way they did is pretty stunning. And now with Belichick and Shula, I mean, look, it just it, it, for one thing, if nothing else, it just makes you appreciate Shula's record even more. You know, the the fact that Belichick is is close but still but still significantly away just makes you appreciate who Don Shula was and what he accomplished. Um you know, look, I, I'm not going to count Belichick out. You know, maybe they win this game Sunday somehow. They turn their season around and suddenly they're they're right back to relevance in the division and, and maybe even potentially in the conference. Um, he just, you know, he's found a way to reinvent himself. But but look, you know, we all know the deal, right? I mean, since Brady left, their record has been what it is. Brady went on, won a Super Bowl. So I think, you know, deep down – no matter what we think or how we think Belichick feels about the media, he, there is a pride in there that that he wants to prove that he can win at the highest level without Tom Brady as his quarterback. And so you can bet that he's going to pull out all the stops. He's going to try to work and construct this roster the best he can and, and get this team back to relevance. But, um, you know, it's 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 been a tough couple of years for them, and it, it, it's always fascinating to see him try to maneuver and – and coach his team to the top. 1 p.m. Sunday, NFL on CBS. Spiro, Adam Archuleta, always a great job, Spiro. I appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch up again soon, man. Thanks, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Great job by Spiro. Always like having him on. He's everywhere. I mean, he does the NCAA basketball, NBA on TNT, NFL. Got the Dolphins this weekend. Uh, he's one of our favorites. Appreciate him hanging out with us. And, of course, all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 are brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. I mean, that's how we're going to get after it this weekend with all the football action, heat basketball tonight. I mean, I already told you it's my anniversary tonight, so I'm going to be busy doing some other things. But then we'll break out the Johnny Cuba while we're watching the heat game. We're watching the heat on a little bit of a delay, so nobody text me, but I'll have a Johnny Cuba in my hand. European roots with that Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Moss. I love when you guys send me the pictures or send me the videos of you guys trying a Johnny Cuba for the very first time. You're like, yo, Zazlo is so delicious. I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you for so long. Remember, always drink responsibly. And of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay tranquilo. So, there's a lot of games. I already told you what are the big games and what are the not big games. But, maybe you want to do some family time. Maybe you're like Zazlo. Are there any movies out there that I should be aware of that I should see? Well, don't you worry. Let's get to big movie or not a big movie. Big movie or not a big movie. We haven't done in a couple weeks. This isn't a huge time of year for movies. So we got a few that we need to catch up on here. Big movie or not a big movie. This one is called The Killer. It's rated R. It is out in theaters today. Limited release. It's a David Fincher film, all right? So you know it's going to be out there. It's got strong violence. It's got language. It's got brief sexuality. It's a mystery slash thriller. It's available on Netflix. 
in a couple of weeks, but right now it's in limited release theaters. It stars Michael Fassbender. All right, we like him a lot. Here's what it's about. Uh, hold on a second. Let me get to this. Ah, there we go. After a fateful near miss, an assassin battles his employers and himself on an international manhunt he insists isn't personal. Now, they're not giving you a whole lot there, but I love Michael Fassbender, and I trust the director, David Fincher. Rotten Tomatoes media score certified fresh, 87%. Yeah, you know what? The killer, I'll go big movie. I trust the people involved with that one. Big movie or not a big movie? This is called Bodies. Now, this is on Netflix. It's a limited release series. It came out last week. It doesn't star anybody I know. Jacob Fortune Lloyd, Shira Haas, Amaka Okafer. But anyway, he, we like the limited series because like, they, 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 there's a start and there's a finish. Get right after it. Here's what it's about. Four London detectives in four different time periods find themselves investigating the same murder. Rotten Tomatoes media score, 84%. Rotten Tomatoes audience score, 78%. You know I love time travel. I, I love, now I don't know if this is necessarily time travel, but it's different time periods, close enough. I'm gonna go bodies, that's a big movie. All right, big movie or not a big movie? This is called Killers of the Flower Moon. It's rated R. It's out in theaters as of last week. It's a drama. It's directed by Martin Scorsese. It stars. Well, I, hold on, I gotta tell you what it has. It's got some grisly images, and it's got some language, and it's got violence. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone. Here's what it's about. Based on David Grant's broadly lauded best-selling book, Killers of the Flower Moon, is set in 1920s Oklahoma and depicts the serial murder of members of the oil-wealthy Osage Nation, a string of brutal crimes that came to be known as the Reign of Terror. I'll see anything that DiCaprio is in. I think this movie looks awesome. Gotta let you know, it's 3 hours and 26 minutes. Rotten Tomatoes media score, certified fresh, 92%. Rotten Tomatoes audience score, 84%. That's a big movie. I can't wait to see it. It is three and a half hours, though. Finally, I got one more for you. Big movie or not a big movie? This one is called Five Nights at Freddy's. It's rated PG-13. It's got strong, violent content, language, and bloody images. It is out in theaters today. My My younger son cannot stop talking about this movie. He's been looking forward to it for like a year. He's a massive fan of this series. It stars Josh Hutcherson and Elizabeth Lale and Matthew Lillard. Here's what it's about. The film follows a troubled security guard as he begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. While spending his first night on the job, he realizes that the night shift at Freddy's won't be so easy to make it through. Rotten Tomatoes media score, 26%. No audience score yet. My son is having a big sleepover at his ho- at our house tomorrow. They're all watching Friday nights at Fred- Five Nights at Freddy's. I don't know if I'm going to be watching it with them or not. 
but I'm gonna eventually have to get around to watching it because like I said, my son has never anticipated a movie more than this one. So you know what? Five Nights at Freddy's, that's a big movie. And that right there is another edition of Big Movie or Not a Big Movie. All right, how about that? Let's get to Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Big Deal or Not a Big Deal to wrap up the week. You guys know how we do. Last night, NBA on TNT. Here's Charles Barkley. We knew James Harden wasn't going to play for the Sixers. That was the first game. Sixers at Bucks, And Barkley says you can never let him back on the team. Me and Kenny were talking about him back. He's got to be gone by Sunday. He's got to. He can't come back. You know, uh, number one, I don't think the Philadelphia fans would let him come back. He's burned. Uh, you know, You know, and, and people say, like, well, he's mad at Darren Murray. Joel, Joel Embiid ain't got nothing to do with that. Maxie ain't got nothing to do with that. Uh, Tobias Harris got nothing to do with that. He's hurting the team. Nobody cares who the general manager is, Ernie, on an NBA team. Ask Kenny, ask Shaq. Like, yo, man, we're here to play. We're here to win. The biggest loser in all this is probably Joel. Because he had to go through the Simmons fiasco. And remember the Simmons fiasco. Yeah. Everybody was saying, Daryl Morey, do something, do something. And he took his time. And, it ba- and it's backfired on him. Yeah, so you think you think he's got to make a move he now? Got to. He can't come back. I'm going not a big deal because this is the, the most obvious solution to this problem. You know, the NBA player participation, and you heard me talking there with Spiro, is a joke. And Barkley's right. Especially in Philadelphia, you cannot let this guy back. That is not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? Last night, NBA on TNT again. A game that they play at the beginning of every season. Everyone's favorite game where Charles Barkley has to play. Who he play for? Are we ready upstairs with player number one? Let's see him. It's Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes. So easy. Rashawn Holmes. So easy. Used to see him in Sacramento. Oh, no, you know what? You didn't see him. I saw him in the preseason. Rashawn Holmes. You weren't weren't with me, though. The Dallas Mavericks. (laughs) I'm not going to listen to you, fool. OKC, OKC. Let's go with the Brooklyn Nets. Let's go instead with the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, I gave you the answer, Chuck. Oh, oh, I got man. four degrees. I'm trying to help you. you I'm trying right. to help you. Out. Okay, you're all for help one. You. I, this one, this is one of those that I think he's going to get. He ain't going to get it. I, I, I okay. think you're going to get it. Joe Ingles. Oh, that's easy. Joe Ingles. Remember, played with the Bucks last they year. Played last Detroit. Detroit. The Utah Jazz. Once upon a time, but now he's with the Orlando Magic. Oh, it's not who who did he, he play, play last for? Night. I thought he might have went back. He got to Yeah, well, he got a DMP. Good guess. You're over oh, two. I'm did, feeling. He didn't play much. I'm not feeling as good about my prediction. As right, I, we I, got three chances, brother. Yes, we do. I'm going not a big deal. Everybody knows those guys don't know who anybody plays for. You know, except for the big stars on a year-to-year basis. When role players like that change teams, they never know. It's a fun bit every year. It's not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So after the game last night, the second half of the TNT doubleheader, LeBron, he had a good game. Davis had a big game. Here's NBA on TNT's Adam Greenberg after the game with LeBron, who responds to any Anthony Davis criticism. There was also a lot of criticism of Anthony Davis in that second half on Tuesday night. What can you say about his performance tonight in game two to get your first win? We don't give a shit about criticism about AD. We don't care. 
Nothing bothers us. Nothing. We don't. AD doesn't care. I don't know if guys have figured that out. AD does not care. He's not on social media, so he doesn't see none of the crap. He rarely talks unless it's us. So we don't we don't give a shit about it. And he definitely doesn't. Just go out and do his job, and we happen to have it. All right, this is not a big deal. It is interesting that Anthony Davis is one of those rare, like big time players who apparently doesn't have any kind of social media. But and look. I don't want to be a prude. I certainly do my share of swearing on this show, although I try and not I try not to make it gratuitous. Does LeBron really need to swear in, in the like on national TV? You're, like you're not allowed to do to have that kind of language on national TV on on television. LeBron knows this. What's the point in speaking like that? But it also is interesting how you know LeBron will tell you on on at one side of his mouth that we don't care about the criticism. And then on the other side, he'll demand his respect. I'm going not a big deal. Finally, big deal or not a big deal. Now, we know my guy, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, he said he would retire if the Diamondbacks win the pennant. He is not retiring. But here he was the next day on the Howard Stern Show, Sirius XM, and Howard's trying to come up with punishments for Dog since he's not going to retire. What if he has <laughs> to give Mike Francesa a hand job? That would, that would, that would. <laughs> All right, you want the truth? You got to do something. You would got to do something that the audience says. I'm being serious now because you made a statement. I'm going to retire. How about this? You come on my show. I'll come into Manhattan for this. We put you in a bikini. All right. And you walk down the street with a sign that says, I'm a douche. If you do that, people say, okay, it's all right. That's, Mad a, little dog more, that's, a, that's a little more reasonable. Uh, that I know. one, that, that is a little fair. That's fair. Yeah, that one would, uh, I, I can live with that. That's not the, that's not the worst idea. I don't know. Do and by the way, and by the way, do Mad I have dog. to have the sign to announce it? Is that, do I have yes, to go that crazy? Yes. I'm going to tell do. you something. All right. If you do that, it'll make all the media. And everyone will say, wow, this guy was stand up. He took it. You know, obviously he couldn't retire, but he he was humiliated. He was in a bikini <laughs> and he had a sign on that said, I'm a douche. All right, I'm going to go big deal. I mean, that's, that's a terrible visual of uh, Dog and Mike Francesa. I, I, I don't even want to repeat it. It's very, very disgusting. But I'm going to go big deal because if Dog is actually going to go out there in something like a bikini and a sandwich board out on the streets of New York City... You're never going to be able to live that down. I, I think Dog just needs to eat this. He needs to welch. I don't think it's a good idea. Dog going out there in the bikini and the sandwich board. So I'm going big deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal. Not a big deal. Yes. We did it, everybody. Hey, make sure you listen tomorrow. We'll have the latest episode of It's Still Real to Me. That's my wrestling podcast. We'll recap all the big stories in the week in the world of pro wrestling. Wherever you get Zaslow Show 2.0, you'll also notice it'll pop up at least once a week. You'll get an episode of It's Still Real to Me. Make sure you listen in Sunday, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, or the ESPN app, or locally, ESPN 106.3 West Palm. I'll be hosting ESPN Radio Game Day from 1 to 5 p.m. this Sunday alongside Herm Edwards and Mike Tannenbaum. So please check that out. It's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it, and I hope you guys enjoy it too if you come and hang out with me there. Thanks to everybody who listened to the show today. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Make sure you support the sponsors so they continue supporting the show. And of course, 
Got to thank everybody behind the scenes who helps put together a great show every day. I can't do it without you. Today's show also brought to you by Bet Online. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 on Monday. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.